intro into the very first episode and a brand new year just wanted to wish y'all a happy new year and thank you so much for tuning in to this show the story of my life led by your royal hostess sarah adewalu i hope y'all enjoy the faith temple church choir and one of the voices you got to hear was this lovely talented lady right here yeah i said it I know I said I was going to do the YWCA-related episode, which I'll definitely get into a little bit in this Sunday episode. I bet you're also wondering if I'll be making it a habit to record my episodes on Sundays. To answer that, I'll just say, no, I won't always record on Sundays. Um, I'll do the Sunday episodes on Sundays. And the regular episodes at any other day during the week. Um, the problem is that during the week, I don't always have the privilege of privacy to record the episodes. Yeah, I do apologize for that. I understand it's not the best excuse, but if you know that I'm living in a full family house, then you just have to understand um i just have to make the best of it that's all so i'm taking a chance when i'm doing these episodes um because of limited privacy um i do have to keep the door to my room closed because my mom definitely has (coughs) sorry my throat um yeah, yeah my mom definitely has that annoying habit of being intrusive and all that other stuff um she doesn't see it that way but you know i do um which is a pet peeve of mine that i'll go into a little bit later in the episode when i get there um but there is such a thing as an invasion of privacy and technically you can't just like barge into someone's room just like that um there's a reason that I put a backpack of mine by the door is so that I can have my privacy and no one can like barge in like I'm not even joking 
But yeah, anyway, I'll try my best with this episode. And I promise that I'll make some time to do some episodes at some points during the week, like on different days during the week, um, including on a Saturday. But I feel like it's best if I do a Sunday episode, um, because then you guys get to hear some amazing church choir music and other people's voices for once, other than just me droning on and on all the time. Um, I want to try to make my show as interesting as possible, which is why at the end of each episode, I always say to give me some feedback as to how I can make my show better and more interesting. But for for now, I'll just try to keep the episode as brief as I possibly can. Um, I'm just going to put this out there. But here's my unpopular opinion. Um, I think New Year's resolutions are a bit... What's the word I'm looking for? Lame. Yeah, I I have personally have never really understood what the point of it is. I mean... Yeah, I, I get why people feel the need to make them. And then, you know, i always looking up for the, the most popular and common ones that people tend to make. You know, like lose weight, exercise more, and all that other stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to sound mean, but if you feel like you want to lose weight or exercise more than... Why aren't you, like, doing it, like, right away, right away? Like, why are you putting it off until the new year? Like, why not, like, do it now so that for the new year we'll reach your ideal weight? Or, I don't know, I don't understand. Like, I that's kind of what I don't really get is the whole point behind it. Um, because, you know, people do tend to lose track of their resolutions anyway. So it's like, what is the whole point of making one if you're not even planning to keep it or stick to it anyways? Like, I don't know. I mean, I prefer that you didn't stick to it and, you know, make one and then, like, forget all about it. Like, I mean, I suppose I may have some resolutions quote-unquote you know of my own but obviously I won't say it out loud for now I mean we be tuned into this episode for like an eternity which I do not want so yeah I just wanted to like put that out there sorry I mean I guess it's okay if most of you ever already have a resolution or you guys started making some or actually planning to keep it and take it seriously um yeah i'm just saying that i personally don't like understand the whole point of it um my forgetful ass self would definitely lose track of what i said that i plan to achieve during the year like i mean i kind of know what i want to achieve during the year like i don't like want to call it a resolution like So it's just, I don't know, just calling it a resolution is probably not the best idea for me is what I'm saying. But like all the stuff that I 
plan to accomplish. Um, I know that I'm going to accomplish it. Like, I don't need to, like, label it as a resolution and put it in the box to do it. Like, so, yeah, hopefully you guys understand that and get that. Like, I didn't, like, confuse you guys with that. But, yeah, I know. I also said that I wouldn't ramble so much for this episode. But, yeah, I do want to talk a little bit just a little teeny tiny bit more about the YWCA camp related events and activities um for now I'm gonna just talk about the order of the camp routines and I mean that in terms of the schedule like not just like the activities but you know just like the general like schedule like the routine of things that we do like what we would do in the mornings, the afternoons, the evenings. So, yeah. And so I know that during the previous episodes, I talked about the first five weeks of camp. Um, I know that I said during that second week of camp, week two, um, that Friday, um, we had a camp barbecue, um, you know, a food-related event, and that third Friday, the 15th, um, that was another food-related event, um, International Day, where the campers themselves had to bring in meals from, like, their cultural background, their ethnic culture, um, because that's the YWCA's way of promoting diversity. Um, Yeah, so... Yeah, during all the weeks of camp, it was different themes throughout the week. Um, Yeah, um, for week six and week seven, I don't, like, remember the exact themes at all. Like, yeah, I'm going to check the Dumont calendar. Um, I mean, the Dumont camp calendar, which I have a copy of on my phone. Um, I'll look through that later and try to see. Um, but in terms of like the general camp schedule, um, so we had like two, um, how do I say it, um, shifts. Um, that lasted for an hour and a half, both in the mornings and in the afternoons. So for the morning, it was called pre-camp. Um, so which is our way of saying before care or you know before camp and so for the afternoon shift um we call that post camp um you know that's you know of course our fancy wife saying after care or after camp hours yeah and so most of the campers were registered for either shift so they were registered for either pre-camp or post-camp and um I don't think a lot of campers though or like very few of them were registered for like both shifts so like both the morning care and then the after care and um so when I say most of the campers I mean like every all the campers and like every single camp group so not just specifically the ones in my assigned group 1B, so which was a 
camp group of children ages five through seven. Um, so in group 1B specifically, um, there were about seven campers who were signed up for pre-camp. And about four or five of them registered for post-camp. And so there were certain staff members who were assigned to be in charge of each shift. So pre-camp and post-camp are both for an hour and a half long. So for pre-camp in the morning, um, that was from 7 to 8.30, which is then followed by morning dismissal, um, which with the rest of the general campers from, you know, other groups um, getting dropped off by their parents slash guardians. And so for post-camp in the afternoon, um, that was from 5 o'clock to 6.30, which would take place after the afternoon dismissal um, with the rest of the um, general campers and getting picked up by their parents or um, guardians to go home. And so after the last camper in each assigned group, including my group 1B, has been like dropped off and signed out. And so we as the counselors um and i guess some of the specialists too um so we staff members could clock out um so we used the app trinet to clock in and clock out for our shifts um to check our paychecks and balances and stuff like that um to look at the camp roster um it does have a roster for the registered staff members at the here at the Dumont camp as well as the other camp in Mawa so yeah it doesn't say like the list of all the campers names it's just us staff so yeah I think on the iPads given to us staff it says the names of the assigned registered campers like who has before care who has after care you know it's just like the general contact info for each um camper so yeah um so for the pre-camp shift um there's three staff members assigned to be in charge um so that the that would be the yoga specialist woman so the woman who teaches yoga um, the STEM specialist girl, um, you know, the girl who teaches the STEM classes, well, technically STEAM because she incorporates more art into the um, projects for the campers. And um, the STEM specialist um, younger sister, um, that girl is a blonde girl um, who was a counselor mostly for Group 1A. Um, so, 1A is the youngest age group of campers. And so, the the whole, like, pre-camp thing was, as well as the post-camp thing, um, that's a daily thing. So, it's the assigned staff members who are in charge each and every single day. Um, so, n- no exception for pre-camp that it's the three of them you know the 
yoga specialist, the STEM specialist, and the blonde counselor. It's always them three that were in control of the pre-camp shift. And um, they had a pre-camp attendance sheets and roster of the campers assigned to pre-camp. And so that meant that they were in charge of signing in those campers. So, yeah, I meant to say that both the pre-camp and post-camp shifts always took place at the gym. Because, yeah, the gym is often set up as a cafeteria for lunchtime. But, you know, after the um, campers' lunchtime, I mean, then, you know, the custodians and stuff would, like, try to, like, remove the chairs, like, the benches and tables, you know, have them be set up as walls, again to try to make it look like a gym again so you know that's where all the exciting stuff happens in the gym like the yoga class um all the activities for the olympics week that i've talked about in that previous episode um yeah that's also where sometimes indoor dismissals would take place during days that were super hot and humid outside or raining rainy days which of course I'll get to in a little bit so yeah it was always the gym so the gym was definitely where the pre-camp and the post-camp shifts like took place where the streaming of the talent show would take place yeah I'm gonna get to that I promise so this episode is just mainly about the general um schedules and such so yeah Um, so, yeah, because, yeah, the gym is always the coldest room in the building, um, because the AC was always on in there, like, so, yeah, most of us staff would always have to wear our jackets or sweaters, like, whenever we were there, including me with my denim jacket, like, I would have it wrapped around my waist for the most part if we were, like, in hotter or warmer areas, but, like, when we came to the gym, then, yeah, I would definitely put mine on. And even the STEM specialist, like, she, she would always, like, wear her sweater because it was always that chilly in the gym. And even when I would come in in the morning around 7.50-ish, you know, just keep my jacket on, like, because, you know, it was always cold in there in the mornings. Well, yeah. And um, I think I mentioned it before, um, but the STEM specialist girl, you know, the girl who's the STEM specialist and the blonde girl counselor for group 1A, um, they're both sisters. Yeah, they're closer in age to each other. Um, The STEM specialist is the oldest, of course. Um, um, And the blonde girl is the middle daughter and yeah but they both have a younger sister who's the youngest of them um and that girl is was assigned to group four slash five as a camper and um that girl I believe was a nine-year-old and because of that place specifically in group four um so yeah I also mentioned that 
groups four and five are one combined group. And so that's why I secretly, in my head, call them group four slash five. Because, you know, it's one group. And so that girl was the same camper whose name I initially, like, didn't call when I was taking the attendance of the campers in group four slash five. Um, when I had been initially assigned to that group during the very first two days of camp. Um, let me just take a quick water break right here. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. Yeah, um, yeah, as I was saying, um, I didn't call out that girl's name, um, because the main counselor, um, who was that black guy, um, for some reason he had been running late at the time, and, um, I, and since I was just starting out on that first day of camp, like, I literally didn't even know shit at all, like, I didn't know that this guy was actually the lead counselor for that group like like I initially didn't know like who my assigned group of campers was um because I didn't attend the orientation due to like a scheduling conflict but I always felt like if I had attended the orientation then maybe I would have known my assigned camp group I mean, I guess it's okay, though, because I was just winging winging it along the way. Um, I also mentioned that at the YWCA camp, we have, we had LITs. So, again, that's leaders in training or counselors in training. So, basically, young kids between the ages of 13 through 17 who were training to become counselors so in group four slash five um there was an lit assigned specifically to that group um which was a 13 year old girl and so this girl and i were literally the only ones in the classroom of the group four slash five campers as i was taking the attendance of the campers um she too was new to the group and she too didn't know that the black guy would be coming later and taking over as counselor like yeah because you know because when I was taking the attendance of the campers like I was only going by the list of that I had you know that the physical paper sheet that I had in my orange ywca folder like i did not know at all that we had ipads to use so like signing campers like sign them out access the schedule and all that wonderful shit like yeah the assistant directors would give the main counselors of each camp group an ipad with the password that you know had something to do with the YWCA Dumont camp, like, I 
personally never had any access to an iPad, so I wouldn't know what the password is. And so at the time, I assumed that the black guy counselor for group four slash five would have the access. But like he wasn't like there when I had been taking the attendance of the campers. Yeah, so that's why, like, when I finished taking the attendance, um, I said to the campers, um, please raise your hand if I didn't, like, call out your name. And so that girl, who's the younger sister of the STEM specialist and the blonde girl counselor, um, so she raised her hand to let me know that her name was not called. Yeah, I asked her for her name, and when she told me it, I was like, "Mm, I'm sorry, like, I don't see her name here. Like, yeah, I didn't, like, see her name listed on the paper sheet that I had. Like, I had no idea that her name was actually included in the iPad. Um, The iPad was what I, I assumed that the black guy counselor had the access to the iPad um, because he I think he should should have been there when anyway when I was taking attendance like just to make sure that every single camper's name was, was called um, yeah because the iPads were the most updated versions of like the camp rosters and attendance and um, because each week we would have like new campers like randomly joining into our groups, you know, different, like, camp groups, like, groups 2, groups 3, group 4, slash 5, group 1A, like, we would always have new campers every week, um, usually introduced to us by one of the two assistant camp directors, and so the iPad would, like, regularly update that information, based on a camper's new presence or like a camper's absence or like a camper's last full day of camp. Um, So yeah, I'm sure that the girl's name was included in the iPad, but again, I didn't have access to it um, because the black guy counselor, um, he sort of like served as the lead counselor for the group, but He was running a bit late at the time, and I always honestly felt like if he had been there more on time, then I wouldn't have, like, felt so lost and confused and, like, all over the place, like, because after I finished taking the attendance and all that stuff, or I think it was before I started taking the attendance, like, the campers in the group, 4 slash 5, like, they were starting to, like, wonder among themselves like what it is that they're gonna do and such and like again I don't have and that didn't really like have the access to the camp schedules um the daily camp schedule was like actually like like in a printout in the um office of the two assistant camp directors um you know that's where we see the um, schedule for Mondays as well as the schedule for Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Like it was in their room, and there's also like that copy of it. I zoomed in the iPads that the lead counselors would have access to. Like, 
that's why again the black guy counselor should have been more on time so like you could like let these kids know like what's on the schedule and all that stuff and every camper group's schedule of activities varied from other groups each day like you know their schedule of afternoon activities was different from one another like group four slash five for example um their schedule of afternoon activities was completely different from, say, Group 1B. Um, because I said in the afternoon, it was mostly the classes taught by the specialists. So, art, music, yoga, and STEM, and sports. So, yeah, not necessarily in that order that I just said, but... It varies in order from each camper group to camper group. So for group 4 slash 5, it's different for group, from group 1B. And for group 1B, it's different from group 1A, you know, so on and so forth. Like, I'm going to um, look at the Dumont camp calendar and the schedule of events for each day and each week to kind of, like, determine that. Um so, yeah, I definitely believe that if the black guy counselor had arrived a bit earlier, um, since he is the, he was the lead counselor for the group anyway, and, you know, what kind of a message would that be sending to your campers if you were running a little late? Um, you know, I honestly believe that things would have flown more smoothly for me personally, um, because if I am alone with the group of children, then I honestly wouldn't know what the hell to do. So that I kind of felt the exact same way when I first started out working at the YMCA in the previous summer of 2021. Um, so yeah, the black guy counselor was the lead counselor for group four slash five. Like he was the one that like, took over like the direction of like camp activities like he made general announcements to the campers just saying like you know you guys have to listen to me like this is gonna be a fun summer so you guys should listen to me that I don't want to have any reason to like raise my voice or whatever so yeah so he was the lead counselor for the group and you know just I was sort of like his assistant maybe yeah you know just sort of there as well along with the 13 year old lit girl um she was assigned to that group for like the entirety of the summer so she too served as this guy's like assistant like yeah <clears throat> fortunately though it was only two days and when i was the counselor for group four slash fives and so I couldn't have felt any more relieved when the black assistant director dude um permanently assigned me to group 1b um to work alongside the black girl counselor who was the lead counselor for group 1b and so that girl had initially been paired with a another black guy counselor for the group um so this other guy is 
um, worse glasses, the cap, and, um, so the guy was eventually, like, paired off with the lead black guy counselor for groups four slash five, and so that left them to, in charge of that particular group, along with the LIT girl, and, um, for group 1B, it was myself and the black girl counselor who pretty much led the group, like I said. And then a few weeks later, the Hispanic woman would come to join our group 1B and also assist the girl in leading the group. Um, yeah, I know I just went on a little bit of a tangent right there, um, but yeah, I'm Overall, I'm just letting you know that that girl whose name I didn't call in attendance in group four slash five, um, she's the younger sister of both the STEM specialist girl and the blonde girl counselor. And so both the girls, you know, the STEM specialist and the blonde counselor, um, they worked the pre-camp shift um, along with the yoga specialist woman, uh, yeah, the yoga specialist woman, like I previously mentioned in a few episodes, um, she is a light-skinned black woman, um, she's black, but she looks like she's light-skinned, yeah, um, so she is in her late 30s, so roughly the same age as the, um, black assistant director guy um this woman was strict with the campers but in a good way of course like whenever she was teaching yoga like right there in the gym um she always expected full participation and focus from the campers yeah I think I may have said it before but yeah in her yoga class um this woman didn't want any of the campers to be asking for bathroom or water breaks like during yoga um, because it was pretty distracting and time consuming and it would sort of take time away from the meditation and yoga. Um, I think the meditation and yoga is to sort of serve as the purpose of teaching campers about staying quiet for a few minutes and paying very close attention to their own like thoughts and you know just like learning to be quiet for a few minutes and so it's the one way to keep them from being physically like all over the place so yeah whenever it came time for a yoga class for camp different camp groups um so the campers would need to should have had used the bathroom or get some water refills or water fountains or from the water fountains I mean before like heading to yoga class so this was the rule with every single camp group um not just specifically my group 1b <laughs> although my group 1b has abused the rule a lot like because, you know, they're younger campers, so I don't think they could hold it in. Like, whenever they would 
annoyingly ask for bathroom breaks or water breaks. Even after the black girl counselor and I have reminded them for the upteenth time, um, please make sure you use the bathroom or get some water before we head to yoga class. Like, you won't be able to do any of that stuff, like, during yoga. Um, you know, just, like, make sure you do what you need to do, like, right now before we leave. Like, that's the upteenth time, like, we would remind them and they would still do the same old thing like ask for a bathroom break or water break during yoga like I guess the only exception was for like a serious emergency like if someone got hurt or injured or wasn't feeling well um fortunately the EMT nurse's office was immediately like right next door to the gym so it was very convenient so if a camper like ever fell down and got hurt or something then the nurse's office was literally right across um so that was the only exception for the time of yoga class um i guess yeah other than that campers weren't really allowed to like ask for bathroom breaks or water breaks or I believe one other exception besides the emergency purpose was if a camper was leaving camp early to go home like if they were being dismissed early for like an appointment like a doctor's appointment dentist appointment or if they were not feeling well or anything yeah we yeah the assistant camp directors and the camp manager would be the ones to inform us counselors if certain campers were being assigned to be dismissed early like the camper's parent or guardian has arrived at camp to pick up the camper then we as the counselor would have to go get that camper to let them know that hey you're being dismissed from camp early like go get your stuff together and yeah like no matter what the class is that was going on at the moment like yoga class sports class etc etc sorry then yeah that camper would have to leave early so for example if a camper was in yoga class at the time of their parent or guardian arriving to camp then yeah, that camper is excused from leaving yoga class to, you know, get their shit together and go home to their parent or guardian and being escorted out by the assistant camp directors and the camp manager and or the camp manager, I mean. So, yeah. Yeah, that was the other exception for leaving yoga class early um, along with the emergency purpose, like if the camper was hurt or injured or something, then yeah, the EMT nurse's office was literally like right next to it. So that's convenient for the campers if they ever like say like if they got hurt during yoga or something, then yeah. But like other than that, like if it's just like pure laziness or stubbornness, like the campers yeah because there had been times where some of the campers just 
didn't want to like participate in like yoga and not just yoga specifically but in like in some activities yeah just that was not a good excuse at all and that would be an issue to take up with the assistant camp directors and or the camp manager himself like or the behavior specialist you know maybe try to get into their mind and figure out like why they don't want to like participate in the camp activity like campers were required to participate in all camp activities at all times like laziness or stubbornness just wasn't a good excuse because like why would your parents have you registered for camp if you're not gonna like take part in any of the activities like why like right yeah so anyway after the pre-camp shift was over at 8 30 um the two specialists and the blonde girl counselor would have the campers line up um obviously since this was in the gym and during this pre-camp shift as well as the post-camp shift there are always many activities in the gym for the campers to like play with or take part in you know like with the basketballs to like shoot hoops um there's about five or six basketball nets in the gym so basketball was definitely one of the games the campers could play along with hula hoops jump ropes scooters coloring books etc etc yeah so when it was time to line up for early morning dismissal at 8 30 um we would have the campers like clean up after themselves first by putting away all the stuff that they've collected to play with you know like the basketballs the jump ropes hula hoops and other game equipment that they have they would have to like return the equi- the equipment neatly to the equipment box at the front of the gym like they would have to like clean up all that other stuff first like you know if they borrowed coloring books then they obviously had to return the coloring books as to exactly where it came from like you can't like leave the gym in like a state of mess like you had to like clean up after yourself first like and then after they finish completely cleaning up all that like you know the yoga specialist woman with their loud commanding voice would make sure that everyone cleaned up after themselves first and then because you know when either the yoga specialist or the stem specialist would say hey guys time to clean up like all the kids would take it literally like and then like literally like run up to the line and start lining up and it's hilarious it's like the yoga specialist woman would be pissed because she would be like, yo, none of you, nobody told you guys to line up. We just said time to clean up. Like, you guys are supposed to clean up first and then you line up. Like, I could see her, like, getting pissed off each time about that. Like, it's hilarious. So that's why I would sort of step in and clarify it for her. Like, yeah, you guys need to clean up first. Like, clean up all your junk first. Throw some paper away into the garbage like if you use the coloring books like 
pick them up and throw them out and dang you grab your stuff and dang you line up (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah like i mean we get it that they were eager to like line up and such but like they did need to clean up first like we staff were not their maids or their servers like these campers were the ones that picked up these stuff themselves like the equipment the basketballs so they themselves would have to be the ones to return all the stuff back exactly where they found it and then you know once they like finished cleaning up and doing all that wonderful stuff like you know gathering their backpacks and personal effects yeah, they would line up in a straight single file line, you know, just to, to do like a quick little head count before they could like head outside to the very front of the elementary school building for the morning dismissal period. Um, yeah, the morning dismissal period lasted from 8.30 to 9 o'clock when the general rest of the campers and every single camp group including my group 1b um they would arrive for drop off by their parents or guardians yes uh, that would be roughly the same time that the black girl counselor in my group 1b would arrive to camp um I mean, she lives pretty close by, right there in Teaneck, obviously. Um, that's where she attends fairly Dickinson, their Teaneck campus. Um, yes, uh, <clears throat> sorry. Yes, uh, since she was the lead counselor for Group 1B, and she had the access to one of the camp iPads for seeing the campers' lists of names and all that, their rosters, their schedules and everything, um, the 1B campers would have to, like, follow her to, like, line up in the assigned line for 1B campers. Um, so for morning and afternoon dismissals, um, all of the campers were lined up based on their assigned camp groups. Like, they all had to be within their own assigned camp groups in a straight single file line, like... Yeah, they could, I guess they could mingle with the other campers and other groups, but, like, physically, like, mingle with them, I mean. But, like, it had to be for a few minutes because we wanted to, like, be organized and less chaotic, preferably, like, when the campers were in one spot and most preferably in their assigned, like, camp groups and with their lead counselors, assistant counselors and occasionally LITs like it makes it more organized so that's why like when the campers were like being chopped off in the mornings um they have to like stay with their assigned groups like a 1A camper would go to group 1A you know 1B camper goes to 1B you know so on and forth so forth like that makes it more organized for us staff so yeah and so for morning dismissal, um, the counselors only had to, like, hold on to the iPads. Like, not necessarily, like, use it to, like, sign any of the campers in. And, um, the iPads were definitely more of significant use for the afternoon dismissal. You know, like, the 
pick up time for campers to go home um, because that's when the parents or the guardians would have to be the ones to like, sign out their children with the iPads, of course. But in the mornings, we only use the iPads just sort of as a way to do a quick have count of the campers who are physically present at a given moment in time. So we didn't like necessarily have to like sign them in in the mornings. So yeah, um, sometimes campers did tend to be a little late to get to camp. Like they wouldn't like actually arrive at camp until a little after nine o'clock. Um, so that was typically when the first period began. So on Tuesdays through Fridays, that first period time schedule was swimming at the Dumont Swim Club, where there would be either three or four buses parked at the front of the school building. Like, But we wouldn't like immediately go onto the bus just yet, of course. No, we would have to, like, uh, you know... After we have confirmed the number of campers in the group at the time, on, unless someone was running a little late, then obviously we'd have to give them some bit of time to like arrive. Then before we went in, we would tell the either of the two camp assistant directors or the camp manager himself the number of campers present in our group. Then we would go to our assigned group camp classrooms. Like for 1B specifically, the 1B classroom, which has, of course, has the bathroom in it for some of the campers to change into their swimsuits in there when necessary. Um, So, yeah. And then some of the 1B campers would change in the girls bathroom or boys bathroom outside in the hallways like yeah they obviously had to change into their swimsuits first before we could hop on the buses to head to the um dumont swim club so the buses were just there just so they could always be on time and wait for us campers and counselors for each group per day like, yeah, the campers would get into their swimsuits, get their towels, their swimming shoes and stuff to get ready. Like, yeah, because we're going to the Dumont Swim Club and on the bus, and they definitely did not need to bring their water bottles with them or their backpacks or all that stuff. Because, you know, the swim club was a large place. There physically wouldn't be any other place to, like, put all that other stuff. Like, it would just be their towels to, like, put on the grass like you know like and then to like dry off on after the swimming session was over like yeah different camp groups went swimming on different days during the week you know Tuesdays to Fridays it just sort of depended on the campers schedules and all that stuff so for my group 1b as a specific example um 1B would go for their swimming lessons on Wednesdays and Fridays along with groups groups 3 and group 4 slash 5. Yes, now that I remember accurately, group 1B always went swimming with group 3 
and group four slash five on Wednesdays and Fridays. The other camper groups went swimming on various days on Tuesdays and Thursdays with one another, depending. Yeah, during the first five weeks of camp, there was no swimming at all on Mondays. Um, but in the last two weeks of the Dumont camp, um, swimming time was every single day on the morning schedule, which also included those Mondays. And so for the last two weeks, I think it was three camp groups at a time that would go swimming all through that morning time period until the campers' lunchtime period at 11.45. Let me just give myself a quick water break here, right here. <clears throat> I'm I'm back. <laughs> and so the before the afternoon dismissal, um the counselors would announce for the campers who were registered for post camp to line up for post camp by gathering together all their belongings. And head straight to the gym where the assigned staff members for the post-camp shift would remain. Um, for the post-camp shift, if I can recall correctly, um, the staff members assigned to be in charge of that shift. Um, obviously, one of it was the black girl counselor for my group 1B, um, along with the art specialist girl who taught art class. Um, I think maybe the music specialist girl was in charge of it as well. I don't know. And I guess maybe the female assistant director, you know, the Hispanic woman who's about a year younger than me. Um, I know that she too sometimes stays over occasionally for the post-camp shift. And so since the black girl counselor was the lead counselor for our group 1B, as well as one of the staff members in charge of post-camp, um, so the 1B campers who were, who were assigned to post-camp, um, they would be in the gym with the two assistant directors for a brief moment, you know, the 30 minutes until 5 o'clock. Because the black girl counselor would be the one to, like, sign out the campers. Like, you know, give the campers' parents the iPad to, like, sign out their children. So, so yeah, for the post-camp, I think maybe the female assistant director. Yeah, because I rarely see her outside during the dis afternoon dismissal time. So, she would be, like, in the gym, like, kind of supervising some of the other campers already assigned there and I think the art specialist girl was also the one in charge of it as well so she too would be in the gym as well yeah so by five o'clock we were we expected that all the campers who were not staying afterwards for post-camp would have already been picked up on time by their parents or guardians so that meant that the 
remaining campers should be the ones who were actually registered for post-camp. And so they would return inside to go to the gym for the next hour and 30 minutes. So, yeah. But we have had a couple of instances where some of the campers' parents slash guardians were a bit tardy to, like, come pick them up in the afternoons, like, even a few minutes after five. Um, One example would be this blonde girl and, like, one other group. Um, I think this girl was either in group two or group three. Um, yeah, I'm going to assume that this girl was in group three, but then again, I, then again, I could be wrong. She might have been in group two. But anyway, um, this girl, um, I think her, it was her mom who was mostly the one that would come to pick her up. And so some of us counselors... Well, the assigned counselor for either the group two or group three, um, they would ask this girl, like, girl, where's your mom at? <laughs> and, you know, this girl would be like, I don't know. And you could see that she was a bit exhausted if it was a long ass day of, with the humidity, of course. And so she would feel a little bit tired, you know, so she would just like sit on the grass too, like. Yeah, yeah, all the campers did sit on the grass, you know, waiting for pickups. So sometimes they stood up. Like, it depends. Like, I, too, would sit down on the grass a little bit. Like, if I got a little bit tired of, like, standing. And then I would stand up briefly if I knew that my dad was on the way. Um, Yeah, I'll get to that in another part. Because sometimes he did tend to be a little bit late to come pick me up, like, because of the unpredictable traffic on, like, some roads right there in Teaneck, like, the roads, they were bad, so I knew in some cases that he was gonna be a little bit late because of that, so, yeah. So, yeah, just to avoid, like, sit, standing for too long, I would sit on the grass a little bit, so, yeah, this girl, too, would feel a little bit tired, um, just sitting on the grass and then yeah eventually her mom would come maybe about three or five minutes later like after five but yeah that was important that we signed this girl off like you know once this girl was signed uh, out then we um counselors or the counselors in charge of her group specifically would clock out because you know I wasn't her counselor at all. Like, she was an older kid, so she wasn't in Group 1B. So, yeah, like, but, you know, I just wanted to, like, stand along with her, you know, just sort of, you know, just in case, like, if my dad did come early, because he had been come to pick me up earlier than a few times, like, he would watch me and most of the counselors and staff, like, signing up the campers and such. So, yeah, I liked it. I always preferred when, like, when he came early as opposed to, like, when he was a few minutes late, like, because, you know, I got it because of, like, the traffic on the roads, some of the roads and such, so, yeah, like, yeah, you two would sometimes feel bad about coming to, like, pick me up late, like, that's one of the main reasons why we would come early in the mornings, and so, yeah, um, but, yeah, anchor now is about to like remind me of my one hour time limit um 
So I'm just going to like quickly like make another segment right here. Got myself another drink of water. So yeah, just bear with me, y'all. And I'm back. So yeah, that was one example of one camper whose parent or guardian would come late to come pick her up. And so another example would be this Asian kid in my group 1B. Um, This kid's last full week of camp was somewhere in between the third or fourth week of camp. Um, So on that particular Friday was this boy's like last ever day of camp. So that means that his parents only had him like signed up for a certain number of days at the Dumont camp. Um, So not for like the whole entire seven weeks and not even like having him transferred to the Mawa camp. Um, It was just only a few weeks at the Dumont camp for this kid specifically and so yeah personality wise um this kid was quiet and but he was a bit friendly though like and um he mentioned that he's Chinese um because I saw his last name like on his water bottle and it's a Chinese sounding last name like starts with an L so yeah he was a nice kid for the most part um I guess his only flaw was at some points that he was not always able to get along well, like with the some of the other boys in the group 1B. Um, so this kid wore his mask to camp like all the time, like he was always wearing it. Like it's a surgical one, of course. Um, it's kind of wrapped like a little chain around his neck that he would wear on his mouth like yeah it's pretty similar to how the black girl counselor would wear her mask um hers was pink so she would have hers wrapped around her ywca keychain that she had on and um she wore glasses too so i would sometimes wonder how she could wear her mask without it getting her glasses all fogged up and misty um because whenever i would wear my sunglasses along with my mask whenever we were outside um my mask would like fog up my sunglasses in an instant so I was never really sure how this girl could perfectly like do hers like without her glasses getting all fogged up (laughs) but the kid though who I'm talking about he doesn't wear glasses um he just always wore his mask all the time like even during for swimming at the Dumont Swim Club, um, the black girl counselor at one point had to tell this kid, you know, gently that he could take his mask off if he wanted to so that it didn't get all wet with the water being splashed in his direction. So, yeah. And so when it came to pick up and drop off, um, his mom was the main one who was responsible for that like she would always 
drop him off in the mornings and be the one to pick him up in the afternoons. Um, I believe he's an only child, uh, but then again, I could be totally wrong about that because I could have sworn at some point that I saw that he had a few younger siblings. So, yeah, this guy, this kid's mom didn't have any trouble with dropping him off in the mornings. Like, in the mornings, he would always be there right on time, you know, before we had to go back inside at 9 o'clock for the you know, the camper schedule of events and activities on the list on most days, including swimming, like, you know, Tuesdays to Fridays. Yeah, so that was not an issue for this kid's mom. It was just sort of like in the afternoons, it was sort of an issue. Like, she would kind of be a little bit late. Like, sometimes letting this kid be the last one in our group 1B to, like, be picked up last. Um, So, as staff members, um, we would kind of joke around with each other, like, along with the assistant directors, like, and kind of make a bet with each other that this boy's mom was going to come for him at exactly, like, five on the dot, um, because that has happened quite a few times. Like, you know, his mom would either come at exactly five or... 501 in most cases she came at 459 you know obviously a minute to one so (laughs) yeah so you know on occasion you know like I just said on occasion it would make him be the last camper um ever I guess to get picked up you know like when everyone else was on the verge of going back inside for like post camp or something where yeah yeah um depending on how much time it would take for some of the parents slash guardians to come for their children um we would try to like determine which camper in our group would be the last one to get picked up um sometimes the campers would even make it a friendly competition between each other to like figure out who would be the first one to be picked up um would be the last one like yeah (laughs) um but this boy's mom though she is very nice like she looked like she was like in her early to mid 30s so um she's obviously very young um on the boys like last full day of camp um the black girl counselor and I um as we're well, as this girl was sending this kid out, um, she and I were telling this boy's mom that he was an overall good student at camp and that for the most part, he got along pretty well with the other kids in the group 1B. Yeah, because it was true that he was a good kid for the most part. Um, he was mostly quiet. But yeah, on a few occasions, um, he did have his moments of being a jerk to some of the other boys. In 1B, of course, the group. Um, So, where we would have to, like, make him apologize to these kids that he was being mean to for whatever goddamn reason. I don't know why, but yeah, obviously he knew better. Um, So, that last day of camp for this 
boy. Um, it meant that his mom had him registered for only a few weeks of of camp, so not necessarily the entire seven weeks. Um, so that meant that for the rest of the summer that he was free to enjoy it, like with his family, like do whatever the heck he wanted to do, like go on vacation and whatnot. So yeah, that boy was one of the campers in 1B with the last full day of camp. Um, There have been at least three other or four other campers in 1B who have had their own last full day of camp. And of course, an emotional goodbye, like we're going to miss them because they made so many good friends along the way. So yeah, it does tend to be a little bit emotional, but yeah. So yeah, not all of the campers in every single camp group had pre-camp or post-camp. So yeah, I guess it just kind of depends on like the campers' parents' like schedules and such. Like they're able to like have them registered for either shift or both. And um, not all of us staff members were registered for either shift or or anything you know like counselors and specialists yeah so for me personally I was not registered for either shift um however since my dad always and I always agreed to like drop me off to camp for my shift at any time between 7 30 to 8 in the mornings you know just sort of to avoid the morning traffic on those roads right there in Teaneck um yeah, I would usually, like, get to camp at around 7.50-ish. Like, yeah, it's about 20 minutes away from my house, like, without, like, all the traffic and such. So sometimes I would get there to camp even close to 8. So during which time, like, when I got to camp, that was, of course, the pre-camp shift hour. So where I got to, like, chillax and hang out with the yoga specialist woman, the STEM, the STEM specialist girl, and the blonde girl counselor in this gym. So since I wasn't, like, necessarily a part of the pre-camp shift, so I wasn't getting paid for that. Um, that's what I told the camp manager, you know, the black dude. And he said it's okay that I get to camp early, that it's fine, that I'm, you know, welcome to, like, hang out in the assistant director's office as well if necessarily because you know he wanted me to understand that I don't that I personally wouldn't like get paid for that the pre-camp shift um I obviously wasn't registered for it so because you know the job is technically a nine to five job so all the staff members were paid mostly for the nine to five hours you know the first period time to the afternoon dismissal time and then whoever was in charge of pre-camp they got paid for that and then you know extra and then post-camp staff members like the black girl counselor for one you know paid extra as well and like I said it was a daily thing so there was a time though that my dad was kind of confused about all that like 
would ask though like what was the point of me like getting to camp so early at that time if you know I wasn't like actually like getting paid for the pre-camp shift um so he kind of made a weird request to like check my bank account to see if I was getting paid accurately and fairly and in my head I was like whoa we're what now like we're seriously looking at my taking a peek at my bank account now like what for like (laughs) yeah I mean I guess I kind of understand his concern like yeah that's why I wanted the camp manager to like speak with my dad on the my phone to like try to explain the payment process um yeah like I called my dad on the phone and I was like hey the camp manager um who's my supervisor um he wants to have a quick word with you and so he was like okay and so I handed my phone over to the camp manager um who politely introduced himself to my dad and I started to explain like how the payment process worked so we were paid bi-weekly so that's every two Fridays so at the time when I made this call to my dad I think that was the third or fourth week I honestly don't remember anymore um but um, the camp manager explained, though, that um, our very first paycheck was on week two of the Dumont camp. Um, so that Friday of the camp barbecue, which was July 8th, that was our first payday. And that that first payday was the only one that came in the form of a physical paycheck for all of us staff members and the following paydays um, were in the form of direct deposits for our paychecks Uh, yeah I personally had a little bit of a hard time like setting up with direct deposits Uh, um, at some point though during I don't remember yet. No, wait. It was during the first week of camp. Um, I remember that I reached out to the HR dude um, via email about assistance with that, like setting up direct deposit. Um, so that HR man was the same guy whom I emailed my resume to about the summer camp counselor job in the first place and he was the one that got me to schedule the zoom interview with the camp manager and so the hr man was giving me instructions via email as to setting up direct deposit um via the trinet website like on a desktop or my pc because it was a bit harder to do it on the app on my phone. So he said that when I got home, I could like try to do it on the website itself. So yeah, when I got home that day, I was able to like successfully like set it up, you know, the direct deposit. And 
again that happened on the very first week of camp because or maybe it was the second week of camp I don't I don't remember but that Friday July 8th was the first paycheck like it came in like physically like had like we had to like physically deposit it at the bank so yeah yeah so yeah a few weeks after that like yeah my dad would be questioning why I was going to camp so early and if we could check my account balance and you know during those times you know I would sometimes order something to eat for lunch from Uber Eats you know from local restaurants around the school and I honestly kind of didn't really want him to know that like because you know I was afraid though that that if we were to open up my TD bank account then he would see some of that like because you know now it's like what exactly are you confused about that he feel the need to see my exact account balance like that's why I had a camp manager like speak with my dad on the phone to like try to explain it um so the camp manager explained that only for the first payday, um, which was Friday, July 8th, and again, the day of the camp barbecue, um, that it would be a physical paycheck, and that the rest of the following paydays would occur, would take place via direct deposit. Um, he also explained to my dad that for me personally, um, I was not signed up for either pre-camp or post-camp so neither shift was significant to me like the job was technically a nine-to-five job and that's exactly what I was specifically getting paid for you know by the hour like uh lunch break which is for 45 minutes um that was unpaid for each and every single one of us staff members like even just taking a day or two off, you know, like an unpaid absence, um, that was unpaid as well. So, yes, yeah, staff members were allowed to take off for a few days or call out sick. Um, but we obviously wouldn't be getting paid for it. Like, I do hope that I don't sound too confusing explaining this to you guys. Um, yeah, because that's the exact same way that the camp manager explained it to my dad over the phone and like I was under the impression that my dad would like 100% understand that after the ad explanation and that so yeah when he came to pick me up that day he asked if I was the one that suggested that the camp manager speak with them to like clarify the apparent confusion like thankfully we did not check my check check my bank account balance that day um, because I personally did not see the need to and like I thought that the camp manager explained everything clearly and thoroughly in regards to that but um, once in a while though um, my dad would still 
kind of ask if I'm honestly getting paid well enough. And, like, that would kind of make me feel a little bit sus that he's asking about that. Because um, the camp manager clearly explained it to you over the phone that one time. Um, so what exactly are you still confused about? Like, yeah, anyway, it was just a minor thing, like, nothing really too serious. So, um, the camp manager has four-year-old identical twin sons who are assigned, uh, well, registered campers assigned to group 1A, the youngest age group of campers specifically for four-year-olds um so i don't think he ever had him like signed up for either pre-camp or post-camp at all um i think after five the camp manager would leave with his kids like he is married so i always assumed that he had a certain time that he needed to get his boys back home like to his wife um I I always assumed that that was the reason he didn't have them registered for before care or after care. Um, because in the gym in the mornings, I would never see those boys at pre-camp. And after 5 o'clock, we would leave along with the, the black assistant director or something. So, yeah, that means that the boys were not registered for post-camp either um i know that he might live somewhere around the area or maybe somewhere a bit farther but i never really did get the chance to ask that and so generally speaking there had been days when the humid weather was like extremely brutal so obviously on those types of days the camp manager and the assistant directors would update the campers daily camp schedule of activities based on the weather so this was no exception for rainy days as well during the morning dismissal um the camp manager and the two assistant camp directors would have brief staff meetings well first they would speak with the specialists first and then After that, it would be with us counselors. The staff meetings with the counselors were a great opportunity for the assistant directors and the camp manager to talk to us about um, certain events and activities of a particular day or week or week of camp. And if it was going to be a humid day, then we counselors would have to get our campers to drink lots of water and stay cool and hydrated and just like incorporate more calming indoor activities like watching movies or coloring for art class with the art specialist etc etc yeah on rainy days pretty much the same thing you know watching movies and coloring and stuff like that you know just as long as we were staying indoors for the most part. Um, so during one of the staff meetings, um, the assistant directors are kind of hot and cold about their announcements about 
the roles of the LITs um, because at one point um, they first said that specifically that an LIT was not allowed to take a camper to the bathroom or or to see the EMT nurse or to get a drink of water um, because the leaders in training, you know, the LITs were not that much older than the campers themselves. Um, the youngest LIT was the 13-year-old girl um, who was assigned specifically to group 4 slash 5. And in that group 4 slash 5, the two eldest girls in that group were 12-year-olds, and this LIT girl is 13, so I guess they're saying that this 13-year-old girl cannot take the children ages 9 through 12 to the bathroom, like, or, you know, for, like, a water break or to go see the nurse for an injury or something, that if a camper ever, like, needed any of those things, then it had to be, like, the sole responsibility of the counselors, that it wasn't the responsibility of the LITs or or the specialists. Yeah, it obviously was not the responsibility of the specialists. Yeah, yeah, because the specialist's main purpose was to teach a class, you know, like sports, art, sports, art, STEM, yoga, and music. So, yeah, the specialists weren't, like, qualified to, like, take the campers to, like, go fulfill their personal needs. So, yeah, and then just a few days later, they changed their minds by saying, you know what? Yes, the LITs can take the campers to go fulfill their needs after all. Like, yeah. So in that updated version of the announcement, yeah, they were saying, yeah, they're basically just saying that the only people not qualified to fulfill the campers' needs was the specialists. Because obviously the specialists were only just to teach a class or a subject. Like, yeah, the specialists were not, like, the primary leaders of the campers. Like, you know, they're just teaching the class or the subject, and, you know, that's it. Like, yeah, the fulfilling of the campers' needs was the main priority and responsibility of the us counselors. Yeah, I agree with that. But, yeah, along with the LITs when necessary, like, that's when the LITs, like, came in handy to help out. So, yeah, in that updated version, they're basically saying that it's the responsibility of both the counselors and the LITs when necessary, just not with the specialists, of course, yeah. And um, there were only three three LITs throughout the seven-week period of the Dumont camp, so, yeah, obviously the 13-year-old girl assigned specifically to group 4 slash 5, along with the two black guys as the lead counselors. So she's one LIT. Um, the second LIT is a 15-year-old boy who has a younger sister who is assigned to group 4 slash 5. Well, technically group 4 because she was a 10-year-old. Uh, so he is another LIT. And the third LIT was a 17-year-old boy 
um, who was assigned to either group two or group three, um, probably group three, but I could be wrong. Yeah, the 15-year-old boy um, was sometimes assigned as an LIT to my group 1B. Um, most of the 1B campers prefer this guy to take him to the bathroom, water, or to the EMT nurse. Um, then for me, or the black girl counselor, or the Hispanic woman. Um, this boy, in fact, took the place of the Hispanic woman when she had been out sick for a whole week due to COVID. So yeah, he was in our group 1B helping out me and the black girl counselor. <laughs> so most of the campers really liked this guy um, because he was able to like engage with them and stuff like that. And they would mostly turn to him to like take him to the bathroom and to fulfill their personal needs. Like, he was pretty great with the campers, like you gotta admit. I definitely did not mind when this guy offered to take these campers to the bathroom or to the nurse or whatever, as long as I didn't have to do it. <coughs> Sorry, my throat. Um, especially if we were outside and I was enjoying the fresh air, wearing my sunglasses and my cap to keep from getting all shined up in the face by the sun and one of the campers would be like, I need to get to the bathroom. <laughs> like, I would have to like do the annoying process of briefly taking off my sunglasses and my cap when we would go inside to go to the bathroom, the nurse, or the water fountains, or etc. And let me just take a quick water break again. Sorry. <clears throat> <clears throat> And I'm back. So, yeah. This LIT guy was around for all that. Um, briefly taking in the... They, taking the place of the Hispanic woman who was out sick with COVID for that one week. And so, like I said, his younger sister was an enrolled camper assigned to group four slash five. And, um... I definitely remember that girl because she was very sweet. Um, they would both come to camp together, like getting dropped off in the mornings and getting picked up in the afternoons. Yeah, I remember that girl very well from Group 4 slash 5 because I know I definitely called out her name during the attendance. Um when I had been the counselor for that group and also this guy would wear his mask all the time like it was a black surgical mask and he always wore it even when we were at the Dumont Swim Club and of course obviously same with the black girl counselor with her own pink mask and you know same with me as well like I had my surgical mask and but I would sort of pull it down to my chin a little bit when I was sitting by the side of the pool at the swim club, you know, on the shallow side, on the shallow end, of course. Like, I'm not the best swimmer at all, so it's like, yeah. Yeah, I know I have said a lot for this episode, even though I 
falsely promised to you that I was going to be brief. Um, you know, in the following part right after this, um, I promise that I'll record this like another day during the week. Um, I promise you that I'm going to talk a little bit more about what everyone at camp did for me for my birthday. Um, most of the campers, um, especially my 1B campers, um, they wished me a happy birthday, like, all through the day. Like, it was very sweet. Like, yeah, yeah, and when the campers did that, like, I really appreciated it. And it was even more flattering and amazing when my coworkers also wished me happy birthday. Yeah, I'll definitely get to that. Um, so, yeah, I just ask that you guys stay tuned. I'll get that episode up as soon as possible.